Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Hey, welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. And now we have one of the great United States Army heroes from the global war on terrorism and operations in Afghanistan, and that is General Don Boldick. General Don Boldick spent 33 years in the United States Army. He joined the military as a private in 1981. He served 10 tours of duty in Afghanistan, commanded United States Special Operations Africa, and worked at the Pentagon with the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Office of the Secretary of Defense, and on the Army staff. During his 33 years of service in the Army, Jerome Bodick was awarded two awards for valor, two Purple Hearts, and five Bronze Stars. Jerome Bodick led one of the first groups into Afghanistan following 9-11, and he led a group that would overthrow the Taliban and place Harmit Karzai in power early in the war. Jerome Bodick would eventually lead a unit of special operators responsible for the victory of Operation Medusa, uprooting the Taliban in Kandahar province. Jerome Bodick is now the Republican candidate running for the United States Senate in New Hampshire. Airborne, sir, great to have you with us. Well, all the way. Uh, and thank you, sir, very much. And thank you for your service as well, mm-hmm. uh, both to our nation and our military and in Congress. Thank you very much. Well, that's the theme of tonight is, you know, 10 years ago when I came into the mili- into the uh, Congress, I saw that so many people did not understand how they could go out and reach out to former members of the United States military and recruit them to run for Congress. And that's why we started the Guardian Pack, which uh, is celebrating that 10th anniversary. And I'm glad to see that the Guardian Pack is supporting you. So what was your inspiration to do as I want to see more former members of the military do? Take off the uniform, put on a suit and tie or the, the dress suit and run for political office, local level, all the way up to federal level. What was your inspiration? Well, uh, thank you for that question. Uh, you know, it, it's a great question because when I retired in 2017, my wife and I came back to New Hampshire where I was born and raised, uh, where she was raised. She was born in Massachusetts, raised in New Hampshire. We came back to our family and our our number one priority was to work with veterans uh, and, and their families. Uh, we saw that post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury uh, and uh, you know, related physical injuries and those things that result in um, our service members committing suicide was was pretty problematic, not only here in New Hampshire, but uh, throughout New England and across the country. So we got involved in that. We sit we volunteer to sit on a number of boards across the nation. And that's what we did. And that was that was really our passion. And then as I started traveling around and getting to know everybody, you know, people were like, you know, you should really consider uh, maybe running for office. And I started hearing that from a number of different uh, uh, 
uh, Granite Staters and even people outside of the Granite State. So my wife and I thought about it, and then we saw just the direction this country was going and inconsistent with our values and principles and our Declaration of Independence and inconsistent with the oath that both of us took because we're both veterans. And we were very uh, concerned about the future of our children and our grandchildren, which we have three. And it was like, okay, what can we do? Where can we do it? How can we do it? And we got involved with the grassroots you know, campaign organization here in New Hampshire. And from there, it just, you know, I mean, it just took off. And so we find ourselves wanting to serve our country uh, in a different way, but no less important way because of really the, the direction this country is heading in economically, fiscally, and the safety and security of Americans at home and abroad is, is uh, very much uh, in peril and this really concerns both of us and all the people that were around. Uh, and so that's the inspiration for me running. Um, and I think it's uh, really about uh, service. It's about getting quality leadership down there uh, in Washington, D.C., and rededicating ourselves to our nation's values and principles. No, you're absolutely right. And when I think about the motto of New Hampshire, live free or die, you know, we have confused this thing called freedom with believing that we just give people things for free. And, you know, I live down here in Texas and what we see happening with our border wide open. You know, I just recently made the comment that when you talk about 800,000 estimated gotaways, that mm-hmm. is greater than the end strength right now of our active duty Army and Marine Corps. 800,000 Single military age males have come across the border. We don't know where they are. That's an invasion. So when you look at that, how do we make sure that we have the policies that protect our freedom, protect our borders? And what are some of the preeminent issues that you would stand up and fight for? You know, the top three. Well, I mean, the top three. Well, first of all, the security of our homeland is number one. And of course, you just you just uh, highlighted uh, how much in peril that is, not only, be, you know, uh, and I would add to the, you know, the 800,000 gotaways with the opioid crisis, the human trafficking crisis, the illicit weapons crisis, the high crime that they're starting, the bankrupting of our communities by putting 3.1 million uh, illegal aliens into our communities and, and allowing that burden to fall on our communities. And it really upsets our communities. It takes, it takes uh, uh, you know, education opportunities, housing opportunities, other opportunities away from Americans. And, and, you know, we have to be in the business of putting America first here at home. And that goes with our economy, high inflation due to energy dependence. We have to reverse the policies on that. And we have to resource our CBP uh, to the, you know, to the extent by air, land and sea and a wall, uh, a wall system that actually allows them to be able to do what they're being asked to do because they're not being resourced policy, uh, being resourced properly. And our policies are just absolutely broken. And we are investing in illegal immigration and not in legal immigration. And until we get those three areas fixed, our economy, out of control spending, uh, and the security of Americans at home, uh, 
this country is going to go continue to go in the wrong direction. That must be changed. And that's going to be my focus. I appreciate that. And when I look at your, you know, combat service record, 10 tours of duty in Afghanistan with the Army Special Forces Operation Detachment Alpha uh, A teams, what was your feeling when you saw that strategic, operational and tactical debacle that happened in Afghanistan? We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, I'm Kent Charnig, and I'm the founder of El Paso County, Colorado Progressive Veterans. Don't worry, we're not crazy tree huggers, but we do have an amazing podcast talking about nothing but the military and veterans. Please check us out, epccpv.org. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Well, I, I tell you, I had a terrible feeling in the pit of my, my stomach. I knew I knew something bad was going to come. I, I started <clears throat> reaching out to as many people as I could saying, you know, hey, listen, we got to make sure we have the right kind of plan here. Um, I started hearing immediately from uh, people that I had worked in, worked with many years in Afghanistan, uh, from the people that ran the barbershop, ran the, you know, uh, for us, helped us on our fire bases, uh, did all kinds of work for us, people that we guaranteed safety to. Uh, and uh, I tell you what, it ripped my gut apart. And watching that C-17 take off and mm. people hanging on it, uh, I got to tell you, uh, that was bad. And then as things continued to deteriorate and bad decisions made by the president, the National Security Council and the Secretary of State and and the ambassadors over there and the Department of Defense and the Defense Secretary and Milley and the service chiefs all the way down to the two-star yeah. level on the ground, not standing up for their people and saying, hey, we can't do this mission with the resources that you've given us. we got to protect our people. This is the only way to do it. CENTCOM commander was allowed to retire. Nobody, nobody has been held accountable. So who gets held accountable? Stu Scheller gets held accountable, mm-hmm. right? Speaking out rightfully um, about the leadership and taking them to task. Um, the absolute lack of accountability, responsibility, and transparency has really undermined America's foreign policy. It's put us uh, in a bad way with China and what they're doing in Asia, Russia, what they did in the Ukraine. Again, we watched things until it was too late. And then what? Uh, Iran destabilizing the Middle East, uh, threatening our one of our most valuable partners, Israel, uh, and then uh, North Korea experimenting with rockets more than they've ever done in their entire history. We got a lot of we got a lot of problems, and it has to do with American weakness, and that's why my my agenda is American strength, and that's you know regaining the strength in all of our institutions by mm-hmm. committing ourselves back to our constitutional republic and our values and principles embodied in the Declaration of Independence. Well, well Ronald Reagan said it very succinctly, peace through strength. I mean, if you have that got, incredible deterrent force out there, you don't see the challenges that we have. So I got to ask you the tough question. What has happened 
with our senior military leadership and our armed forces, when I look at this cultural Marxism that has infiltrated into our military that would pit you and I against each other as oppressor and oppressed. You can't mm-hmm. build a cohesive fighting force. What has happened with all of this this wokeness, this pronoun usage, and all of these things? Where did this get off track with our senior military leaders? Well, I think it's been a long time coming, 50, 60 years of undermining um, God, removing God from the public square, undermining our religious institution, undermining our educational institution, our family institution, our political institution, our economic institution, and now the military institution. And I think back, sir, I think back and I look at kind of the purge that I saw and kind of the decisions I saw on who was getting promoted to general, who was not getting promoted to general or admiral, who was being released early, one star, maybe two star, and some of the decisions that were being made. And and I can tell you that we we let some good people go mm-hmm. that would have stood up against this, that would have said, nope, I'm not in, the, I'm in this for my oath. I'm in this for my organization. I'm in this for my people. I am not going to allow this type of politics to undermine a military that you and I, sir, spent a lot of our time regaining America's confidence in our military. And we left the military with a strong legacy. And now in short order, these political admirals and generals who've been allowed to serve, who continue to serve, undermine our country, undermine our military. Uh, You know, uh, pronoun training, CRT training, creating uh, divisiveness within the ranks, making, really making stuff up uh, where issues don't even uh, don't even exist. Uh, introducing, you know, a transgender narrative that's very, very disruptive uh, in the military. Rainbow bullets at the expense of taxpayers. Uh, stand downs for pronoun training. Uh, forcing our service members to get vaccine when there's no operational requirement and getting rid of them. And then, you know, uh, you know, threatening them and their family's livelihood uh, in their future livelihood by characterizing their discharge as something other than honorable. This is this is unbelievable and unprecedented. Meanwhile, you know, uh, let's let our strategic Navy, strategic Air Force, our logistics capability, our military um, uh, capability uh, to protect Americans from uh, from enemies, foreign and domestic, all deteriorate. Right. And not do anything about China, Russia, North Korea and Iran who are expanding um, and doing things that will undermine uh, this great nation uh, in our in our success, and more importantly, uh, the future of our children. Recruiting's down, retention's down. I mean, it's terrible, sir. And we need somebody in the United States Senate that worked for these guys, that knows these guys, that asked them hard questions they didn't like, asking them the hard questions they're not going to like from the perch of the Senate Armed Services Committee. No, you're absolutely right. And I think the critical thing that a lot of people watching this podcast needs to understand is that the last promotion where you go up in front of a board of your peers is your level, the one-star level, Brigadier General, Rear Admiral in the Navy. After that, it's all political appointments, two-star, three-star, four-star. And you hit the nail on the head when you talked about in the Obama administration – That's when we saw that purge and people getting Mm -hmm. pushed out. And unfortunately, that was one of the things that President Trump did not do was to right that ship with the senior military leadership. And now 
we see, you know, the dividends, the, the, the bad dividends that that is paying. So last question, if you're sitting there on the Senate Armed Services Committee, because you're going to be the next senator from New Hampshire. So you're sitting there on the Senate Armed Services Commission, Committee and you have the secretary of the Army uh, and the uh, chief of staff of the Army sitting there before you. What's the question you would ask them? Well, the first question I want to ask him is how he is going to, how the Army is going to um, uh, make right the damage they did to our service members uh, who did not get the vaccine and how we're going to offer them either a, you know, to come back in the service, make it right, recharacterize their their um, their uh, discharge, discharge yeah. if it needs to be recharacterized to honorable, uh, and if people want to come back, how they're going to, um, you know, give them the promotions that they missed. We owe it, number one, if we're going to in- improve our recruitment and we're going to uh, uh, improve our retention, we have to make this one step where we take this egregious wrong, where we take this wrong that got people out with the vaccine uh, and and make that right. And then it's on to no more of this, you know, this CRT, all this other stuff is crippling our military. And uh, we got to do something about that immediately. And then lastly, what's your plan to rebuild our military so that it can actually fight and win our nation's wars? Because right now, sir, we haven't won anything. Yeah. We haven't won a thing. And when I challenged the Obama administration for changing strategy in 13 and 14, uh, and, and you know my guys on the ground told them what would happen, and everything that we told them happened, and Rand study backed that up, they did it anyways. Uh, and then I was told, hey, you know, your future as a general isn't going to be uh, very long if you keep questioning strategy and policy. Well, I did it there. I did it for Iraq. I did it for Syria. Uh, I did it for Africa. And more importantly, the nail in my coffin was, hey, I did not like what we were doing to our service members and not treating them properly for their mental injuries, physical injuries, and spiritual injuries. And I went up against the Department of Defense's approach and they didn't like that. And I got my phone call, right? Um, And that's okay with me because that's what we are supposed to do as general officers and admirals. We're supposed to take care of our people. And right now they're only taking care of themselves. They circle the wagons when anything goes wrong, they protect themselves, they protect the ones they wanna protect, and then they cut loose on the lower ranking guys. And that is unfortunate. And George Catlett Marshall is rolling around in his grave right now at what senior leaders are doing to our military and how they're doing it. And this isn't about bucking civilian control of the military. This is doing the right thing for your service members because we owe it to our sons and daughters and their families not to put them in harm's way with bad policy and strategy. You're absolutely right, sir, and that's why I, you will be that next center, and I support you wholeheartedly. So where can other people across the United States of America support you in your run to be the next senator of New Hampshire? Well, go to my website, www.donbaldick.com. Everything is right there. Any help you can give me would be greatly appreciated. 
We're all in a tough time now, uh, but we have to make a change and it's hugely important. And we have to get veterans back in Congress like we had back in 1973 when 73% of Congress were, were veterans. And we focused on the important things of the economy, spending and safety and security of Americans and our future. We got to get back to that. Veterans have a special sense of service and commitment and purpose and duty. And they've taken the oath before, they'll take it again. And veterans will give their lives for it. Uh, that's how important it is to them. That's how important this country is. So your efforts are greatly appreciated, sir. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for you and everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you, General Bodick. And the motto of the United States Special Forces is de oppresso libel, to liberate the oppressed. And we've Correct. got some people here in America that are oppressed under this progressive socialism. And I know you're going to liberate us. So God bless you and thank you, sir, and good luck. God bless you, too, and thank you, sir. Hua, sir. Airborne. Airborne. All the way. Hua. All right. Have a great evening. You do the same. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Again, if you like this podcast, please share it with others and hit that like button because the whole purpose here is to better inform, better educate, and better activate you. And tonight's theme was a theme that I think is so important for the United States of America, to get more men and women who have served, sacrificed, and committed to this nation on the harsh battlefields and deployments all over this world to stand up once again on freedom's ramparts and protect our rights, our freedoms, our liberties here in the United States of America. You heard Gerald Bodick talk about the thing that I mentioned during my monologue, that Back in just 1973, some over 70 members, 70% of the members of the United States Congress had served in military uniform. That's what we have to restore. Because I think that when you have people who have been willing to make the last full measure of devotion for the longest-running constitutional republic that the world has ever known, they will look at issues not through the lens of their own self-interest or special interests, they will look through the lens of the American interests because they want to make sure that they honor the service and sacrifice and commitments of their brothers and sisters who are no longer here or who have lost limbs or will be permanently wounded because of what they did to defend this nation. But those decisions come down to us. And so I'll ask you to go out and look and study and see if you do have a veteran that is running in your locality, your municipality, in your state, or at the federal government level. Study them and test them. Go out and try to ask them the hard questions. Go out and meet them. And if they meet that criteria, then support them. Because right now, the greatest nation that the world has ever known is under assault within its borders. There are some people that don't believe we should have borders. Thank you so much to the men and women who are stepping up to run for political office. The soldiers, the sailors, the airmen, Marines, the Coast Guardsmen who are saying to us in the United States of America, my service to this nation is not over. And I will continue to stand on the ramparts and be a guardian of this republic. God bless you all. 
Thanks to our staff here at the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast, executive producer Lisa, producer Chad, and all the others, and especially CW3, Ryan Weaver, United States Army Aviation, and his family for their service to this great nation. God bless you all, and good night. Before they burn it down.